this is take four. Today, we are going to talk about the Malaysian road tax system um, and why we think that it needs some reforming. So why don't you give our audience some context? So basically, I've actually done a bit of research on this topic and it's going to sound a bit like a lecture for the first 15 minutes. But this is important context. Yes, important context for the topic of how would we reform Malaysia's road tax system. So, uh, for those who aren't Malaysian and probably don't care, Malaysia has an annual road tax that we pay based on engine displacement and vehicle variant. Non-saloons pay less than saloon cars, where saloons also include hatchbacks and cabriolets, and non-saloons include things like MPVs, SUVs, and pickups. The road tax also varies from Peninsula and East Malaysia, with East Malaysia paying less road tax than what the Peninsular Malaysians pay. What's the basis of that? Why do West Malaysians pay more than East Malaysians? Uh, I haven't found the official reason, but the anecdotal reason I heard is that because the roads in Sabah and Sarawak are less developed, to put it kindly. That's fair enough. And also, I think they also drive more larger 4x4s and those usually have bigger engines so that's why they pay a bit less and in general they are less developed so Mm. they should pay less road tax yeah fair enough so uh you want to talk about your personal experience with road tax in malaysia and why you think like using just the engine cc well as a main factor in taxing in road tax is actually not that accurate well i think we should start on what the money is being used for in our road tax first because that is quite a thorny subject. Mm. Yeah, I think... And I think you're better at explaining that because yeah. you've actually read through this more than I have. Mm-mm-mm. So when people talk about road tax, right, immediately comes to mind is that a tax um, that goes towards funding road projects and infrastructure. But this is actually not the case. In Malaysia, according to an article by Webcar, which we will link below in this podcast, the road tax that we pay actually goes towards a consolidated fund, which the government, central government holds. So this fund is not just the road tax, but also includes like income tax, uh, import. Hey, is import duty part of tax? Yeah. Anyway, all parts of tax that goes towards the this fund. So it's actually not used to maintain roads. In fact, roads are maintained by local governments where the tax is collected through land tax, Chukai Tana or Chukai Taksirat. So that's a bit of um, some background information there. Because going into tax itself is a bit too deep for us, even though we do spend most of the time not really knowing what we're talking about, we should instead just focus on the actual method of taxation, how Mm. the road tax is being taxed or being calculated, instead of focusing where the road tax money goes to, which if history tells us anything, it will probably go to a politician's pocket. Yeah. Well, but this is all speculation um, where our money will go and we will never know exactly what the money is going to be used for. Uh, whether it's for healthcare projects or um, other things, lah. So that's I why we're not gonna delve deep. Yeah, we're not gonna delve too deep 
into it. And so, yeah, this is where we're going to keep our topic to is um how the road tax, how, how tax, road tax should be. Hmm. Okay. What metrics should we use to calculate road tax? Mm. Yes. Yes. But going back to your initial question on whether I agree with the current system of road taxation, mm. I kind of do. I yes, agree it with you, right? Yes, I agree with this system of road tax because I have gamed the system, kind of. Mm. You want to talk the audience through how you manage to find yourself a little loophole? Okay, I, as I've mentioned quite a few times already, I presume have a Polo 1.2 and I'm only paying 55 ringgit for road tax on my 1.2 liter car. But because my car is turbocharged, it's actually quite fast. So yeah. I'm paying a small amount for road tax, but I'm having the benefits of a bigger engine. Like compared to the 1.6 that is also available, my car is faster than the naturally aspirated 1.6 Polo, but I'm also paying less road tax than those who have the 1.6. Not to mention it's faster and also more, expen more expensive, right? It's the top of the yes. line, your 1.3. So Ooh. that's why we think it doesn't really, see, Engine CC doesn't actually say much about the car. Yes. Um, so my car is both more expensive, faster, but I'm paying less road tax than the cheaper 1.6 that came after. Mm. Um, and an example that pushed this loophole even further, I want to add, is the A45 AMG, right? It's a 2-liter, I believe. 2-liter 4-cylinder yes. turbocharged, right? So, yes. with that engine, I think it produces like 400, at the latest model, la, I think A45S, about 400, low 400 horsepower, right? And you're only getting tax about 380 ringgit for the 2,000cc engine capacity. Um, 400 horsepower is the kind of power that V6 or V8 will be producing. Don't you think so? Sorry, I'm just and shocked. I don't, I, I can't, I forgot it was 400 over horsepower. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was just yeah. 300 plus. Yeah, that was the I've old just, one and the new one. I've just searched is... it when you were talking. I was like, what? Yeah, it's crazy, right? The, okay. I mean, it's a marvel of engineering how they did it. It is. Um. Yes, but going back to my point, like this kind of power is something a V8 or V6 over like 3000cc kind of car only will be able to make 400 over horsepower. But yet they are only paying 380 ringgit. Um, so just for comparison's sake, like, for a 3000cc car, right? Yeah, say like a 330i. Yeah, 330i. Is it actually a straight six? The old one is. Okay, let's just say an old 330i. Yeah, old 330i, yeah. Like say, say an E46, or yeah, E46 330ci. Mm. Barely it's making... a nice car. Yeah, it's a nice car, but making over like 300 horsepower, let's just say, and you're being mm -hmm. taxed 2,000 2, ringgit a month. Uh, a year. Compared to... Uh, sorry, a year. Compared to the 2,000cc, which is, I believe... Yeah, 380. If we go on the more extreme side to about 4,000cc, it's almost double of the 3,000cc, which is at 6,000 ringgit um, a yeah. year. We should have made it clear that it's a exponential scale yes. for road tax in Malaysia. Yes. It's 
Anything above 2000 CC is already mad. Hmm. Well, of course, this is just based on horsepower, obviously. But the fact that a almost 400k ringgit car is only taxed 600 ringgit road tax a year, uh, which is comparable to other cars such as um, like a base C class. Or, okay, what other like Japanese cars? Like a Mazda, Mazda 3. Do they have a 1.8 or 2? You bring up a good point with Mazda. Because Mazda's mm. with the Sky Active technology, they 2. use 5, right? big displacement, yes. Yeah. So the road tax yeah. is expensive. Mm-hmm. And, that, and is, that is the problem with like the CX-5 and the, the basically the CX-5 like, is the massive 2.5 liter turbo. Yeah. And it's like, who would yeah. pay for the road tax there? Because the CRV is only at 1.5 now. Mm. So although they are in, the, in a similar class, similar price, similar horsepower, but yet the CX-5, you're paying so much more road tax. And for the family man, you're going you're gonna to feel the pinch every time you pay the road tax. Mm-hmm. And that might and, persuade more buyers to go for the CRV, which is happening right now. Well. Mm, yeah. I think it also makes sense for car manufacturers to bring cars in the country, uh, those with lower displacement, just to cheat this system. And hence why we say that this method of taxing is actually flawed. I think the better word to use here is antiquated. Because last time, the power and size of your car was based on CC. How luxurious your car was also based on CC. So the road tax system made sense. But with Mm. turbos and force induction, Mm. you can have small engines with big power, but you're still paying less road tax. Yeah. So, yeah, it's antique. Just before we move on, we have to say that we do understand that there is excise duty and that we know that we are paying a lot for cars in general. And yes, don't write into us telling us that, but we were just discussing here on what we think the current metrics of road taxation should be. Because obviously, um, when we're talking about import duty and excise duty, these are justified through many reasons. Yeah which is like already established and it makes yes. sense in Malaysia at least. But we Does just it think make that sense, though? Uh, we we've to grown accustomed the... to it. We've grown we accustomed to, to it, our right? lovely Proton, which is technically Geely, but I shouldn't say that. Okay, we should, we, should, we should not open that kind of worms. Let's just go back yeah. to Rotax. Okay, yeah. So we just can't wrap our head around how cars are taxed. Uh, in Malaysia, and that's why we are talking about this today. So, just as a comparison, we have looked at how other countries do it, and looking at a wide variety of countries, we came up with three main characteristics of taxation for road tax, and that is through emissions, engine characteristics, which could be things from number of cylinders, engine capacity, and horsepower. Mm. Yes. And thirdly is weight. The weight of the car. I guess the weight of the car has something to do with um how much damage you will cause to the road. So obviously, bigger trucks would obviously cause more damage to the road than a small car, right? So I think that's the reasoning behind taxing based on weight. There is also another good point to make for weight is that larger, more luxurious cars tend to be heavier. Mm for the exception of um, like pickup trucks and utility vehicles. Lah. 
Yeah, but if you think of it, like luxury sedans and large SUVs tend to be mm. more heavy. Yeah, yeah, generally, yeah. So let's start off with emissions. I think this one is quite popular in the European countries um, where UK, they are trying example, to cut... for example, uses emissions. Yeah. Mm-hmm. UK, for example, uses emissions. So the goal for the government is to actually um, re- reduce carbon emissions. And I guess well, the most straightforward way of incentivizing low emission vehicle and thereby achieving net zero is through taxing vehicles with high emissions. And I think, if I'm not wrong, this also goes on an exponential scale like the engine CC. Yes. Yeah, so obviously, in this case, electric cars will obviously not be taxed because they don't emit any Anything, carbon dioxide. Yes. yes. And your economical car, your economy car, those small subcompact will obviously be taxed less because it's light. It has a small engine, and therefore it emits less, uh, well, CO two. Mm-hmm. And on the other hand, something like a V eight Mustang would is obviously a gas guzzler, big engine, heavy car, and it will be taxed a lot more, lah. Well, I think emissions has to do also with uh. It doesn't necessarily have to do with drinking gas, but it's just that mm. how much how efficient the engine is. Yes, yes, yes. And that is why I think there's a huge incentive for car makers all across the world actually to make vehicles more and more e- efficient. Um but through the means of uh, turbocharging or um hybrid systems. And that's why you see there's a big market for these kind of cars nowadays targeted towards the Europe market. Do you agree with them taxing it on emissions? Mm, yeah, I, I, I do agree because, well, generally in European countries, their, their focus is really big on environment. La. I, I would say in the past decade, since the past decade, they have plenty of goals to achieve net zero by 2050 and yeah. well obviously transport is one small chunk of the pile la, of of um, emissions but they are just trying to reduce wherever they want they are where, wherever they can sorry so i think it is fair la, how they are doing it do you have a, an opposing opinion i don't have an opposing opinion but i just have an irrational disagreement to charging on emissions i have no idea i cannot explain quite why and I've been trying to think of a reason while you were talking and uh, I think yeah. it's just that I maybe I like V8 cars I like I like gas cars so it's the like hmm yeah. I'm, I'm gonna so be we all paying do. more mm. yes yeah. but you see these are the well people like you are the types of people that are you know ruining the planet I know so it's good I mean it's not good for us but we're thinking on a macro scale in when you're talking about the whole country, then I guess it makes sense la, for such policies to exist. Okay, I think uh, we would yeah. get back to this topic in a little bit because yeah. it also gets back to our fundamental disagreement on taxation. But let's just focus on the two other topics. Well, let's just, since we've done weight and emissions, let's just discuss a little bit more on energy characteristics and what you think about taxing power and mm. oh, power basically. Technically, power has nothing to do. Well, it has a little bit to do with um how valuable, how how expensive the car is. Obviously, a more expensive car will have more power. 
Um, but other than that, I don't see why you would tax based on engine characteristics, though. I think taxing based on horsepower is actually not too bad an idea, because the more power you have, mm. it's it will usually be in a more expensive car. Mm. So I don't mind taxing based on horsepower because yeah. maybe selfishly, I also think that we don't need a lot of horsepower to have fun. Yeah, yeah. So it doesn't work against us. Yes. I think that that is what I'm thinking of <laughs> selfishly, that it doesn't, it doesn't ruin my fun. Mm. Okay. Do you think that Maybe one of the reasons why they tax based on like horsepower or CC is because, well, more powerful cars are more prone to accidents and causing disruptions on the road. What do you think about that? I'm unwilling to say that there is a correlation, <laughs> that or there is a causation. Mm, causation. But I think there is at least a correlation mm. to this having more power and having more accidents. Mm, because technically, like, a car wouldn't need, of course, of course, like, different classes of car would need different amounts of power. Um, but I think generally, to drive on the road, you don't need that much power, right? So anything more yes. than a certain uh, range would be excessive already. And then that is why they would tax on it. Uh, that That's just my thought. I think I do agree with you. I think, I always harbor the belief that we don't need any mm. car more than yeah. 300 horsepower yeah. as, a, as a normal car. Anything yes. more than that is already very excessive. Mm. It's nice to have, of course. Yeah. And I wouldn't say no to an A45, but 300 mm. horsepower is yeah. good and enough. I guess that's why they're taxing cars with high horsepower. But I also just want to bring in the fact that, you know, we separated these a few characteristics, right? Emission engine characteristics and weight. So I think in general, like I said earlier, emissions is more popular in European countries, while engine characteristics are more popular in Asian countries. And I'm not saying that it's correlated, but would you agree that Asian countries are not so big on saving the environment and reducing emissions? And that is why they don't focus so much on taxing based on emissions. Yeah. I know it's it's very unpolitically correct, but yes, the Asian countries are not that into the whole green uh, I thing I guess yet. when the green thing catches on in Asia, then road taxation system will also follow through to tax based on emissions. Um, that's why we also say that our, the current system taxing on CC alone is quite deep and it needs some updating lah in due time. But having introduced a few ways of taxation uh, by all the different countries, what do you think the ideal taxation system is? Well, going back to the three, I mentioned that I'm not too keen on emissions because I like big V8. NJ characteristics, mm. I'm kind of okay. Weight, I'm... Probably yeah. really okay yeah. with that because I like lightweight cars. But if I were to implement a taxation system yeah. or to change the road tax, I would use the insured value of your car. Which basically says 
reflects on how valuable your car is. La. Yes. Mm. So if your car is more valuable, you pay yeah. more tax. That 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 does make sense, lah. Um what do you think? Okay, so what you just said about um taxing based on the insurance and the one before that where you were talking about how it might favor you, obviously you're just joking, right? It's like two completely different scenarios, right? No, I, I think that thinking selfishly, taxing on the value oh. of the car. Yeah, yeah, because I could benefit okay. from still, but it is also fair enough okay. for the rest of the world. Okay, it's a good balance between what you want and what is um, good for the rest of the world. Yes, if I was only going for one metric, I think mm. taxing based on the value of your car is the mm. best single metric mm. of taxation well, that I can think of. For your case, it's like... I've always heard you say that um, you don't need to um, buy an expensive car to have fun, right? So... Yeah, uh, a cheap car, exactly. for example. Oh, like our last episode on YouTube, we were looking through used cars uh, on the car list and something like the Land Cruiser, you know, um, it's cheap, you know, it's only worth like 20, 20, 30k ringgit, but I'm sure road tax will be expensive as hell on those engines. 4.2 liters is how much? SUV, Sabah, For non-saloon cars, oh, just... 2,000 ringgit. Uh, it's still a lot, okay? It's, which is still, it's still a, lot. a lot. For a hobby car, la, we're talking about like not a daily driver, it's still a lot to pay. Mm. And whereas if it were to be taxed based on the value of the car, then obviously you'd be paying much less. La. But yeah, I think there are some downsides in taxing based on just uh, the value of the car. Um, in this case, you're Go just on. taxing based on you know, how how rich a person is or the kind of car that the person can afford. But you're not... Similarly to just the engine CC, the value of the car also doesn't say much in terms of like how polluting the environment is or how likely it is going to cause an accident, you know. So... Yeah, but it says more than engine CC and because, mm. like we said in the Cayenne episode, more people yeah. like to buy new cars. So, I can see this being a net benefit for the government and a net benefit for mm, me who likes okay, to buy okay. depreciated so old cars. the government cars. will be able to collect more funds because more people are buying new cars that are worth more. But the, the yes. environmentalists will argue that, oh, your gas-guzzling Land Cruiser um, is polluting the environment but you're not paying any taxes, you know? But I think to the environmentalist, I can say that there are not going to be a lot of gas guzzling land cruisers out there, even with oh, this okay. change in taxation it, system. So you're saying that even though there's a change in the taxation system, like people won't be incentivized to just buy gas guzzlers just because it's... Uh... Yeah, because nobody would want to buy a 40-year-old okay, land cruiser. Okay. Because if it's based on the value of your car, mm. you're paying 40,000 ringgit. It's the same insured value mm. as, mm. say, a MyV. And your land cruiser still going to drink more fuel. And no one is going to be cross-shopping a 40-year-old Land Cruiser and a MyV. Okay, that's a very extreme Unless case, you're me, though. But what if we think of something like what we said earlier, a CRV and the CX-5? I'm sure the CX-5 emits more CO2, it being a 2.5. So a person who yeah. otherwise would 
have went for the CRV would now go to the CX-5 because um, there's no penalty on the bigger engine CC and so there's no penalty on polluting the environment. I still think you're still going to be oh. paying for more fuel okay. and mm. you're, you're being charged more. But I, the argument breaks down where we tax don't, we, the government okay. doesn't tax our so fuel. Our fuel maybe is subsidized. to make yeah. um, your method of, your suggested method of taxation more robust, we should also add the part where fuel is taxed so that it covers like people who, it covers the part where people put it punishes people for polluting the environment so obviously if you have a gas guzzler but you use it only like once a week then obviously you're not causing much harm to the environment right and hence it's not fair for them to tax you um, mm -hmm. as if you were to drive that thing every day yeah and i can buy myself a ls400 an ancient one and i mm. have a v8 in that four mm. liters that's that's a very fair way a lot. actually and I think also taxing on fuel, although I, uh, I will be initially opposed to it, I still think that that's also how you can game the system by having a turbocharged mm. or having a fuel-efficient car. That, that mm. pushes more people Which to more fuel-efficient cars. Which is better for the environment. Uh, yeah, a lot of countries are taxing on fuel, I think. Yeah, fuel duty is everywhere mm. except mm. countries which produce oil. Like, yeah, yeah. but like, sorry, Malaysia. the fuel duty is just to decentivize people from using so much petrol because they have to import it whereas i think it should be crude oil producing countries should also have such taxes on the basis of um, decentivizing people from using cars that are not fuel efficient even though they are oil producing countries i'm going to throw this argument back to you into thinking what do you think is the ideal taxation system mm. in your opinion i think it's a bit hard to say lah because like we don't know what what's the point of the road tax at the first place and where does the road tax money go towards but i would say to come up with a with no aim in mind like you don't know what you are taxing for because for example like european countries they know they want to reduce emissions um, and then there are a lot of different examples out there like, of like different aims of why they tax but having said that no aim i think that what would be good is to uh, have a comprehensive review of the whole car of what all the characteristics of the car and tax based on all the little things so everything that we've just discussed uh, the weight um, the engine CC power fuel economy and obviously uh, CO2 emissions and have a, comp a very detailed system whereby maybe it's calculated through an equation or uh, me being an engineer obviously I would say that but yeah, say 10 factors. Just thinking, that sounds like a yeah. massive ten factors equation to have 10 you put factors. In all the, all the, the specs of your car and then boom, there's a number there, you know, the magic number. But in my opinion, la, I think it's good because especially when you don't know what's the aim of taxing and you want to tax fairly, um, it's the way to do it. So say, let's take the Land Cruiser, for example. La, okay. Before that, mm. Before that, I would just like to ask, what do you think is fair? Um, I think fair as in you should tax based on what's good for the country and well, tax and punish people. Well, this sounds very really communist, but tax people based on what what is bad for the country and incentive uh, reduce or uh, incentivize like things that are good for the country. So if we 
Okay, that's a very broad term, lah. You might have to edit this out. You know, I was just saying, in the road tax, mm. in a, in the sense of the road tax, what do okay, you think so it's fair? Higher value, um, it tax more because it tax richer people more, right? Based on income, like based on the same principles of how okay. you tax people with higher income more. Then, um, say okay. if it's um high emissions, you tax also you tax more because um it's polluting the environment. Um, heavy. You keep going to this pollution issue, but maybe because I oh, think Malaysia oh, yeah, still doesn't yeah. care about pollution. Okay, if you're talking about, I'm I'm still like why, I I don't see emissions being a. Maybe it's just me still clinging on to my VH, but yes, no, I'm still not convinced about this emissions thing in Malaysia, mm, especially in okay, um, a Malaysian context. I see your point, but. Since we're talking about ideal taxation and also taxation. Uh, reinventing this Malaysian taxation system and f- making it f- okay. timeless and foolproof. Like, I mean, we said that it was quite antique and we want the current taxation system to be uh, suitable for its time. So that's why I also brought up uh, the thing with emissions. Okay. Because especially if we don't know what we are taxing for, we might as well go ahead and tax people for polluting the environment, right? since we're already taking 10 factors into account. Okay. I, I, I do see your point because mm. looking at it more rationally, if we tax based on emissions, mm. but we tax based on all these other factors as well, that means that EVs also won't be paying zero road tax. Yeah. And I think that is only fair. What? Yeah. Don't you think so? Yeah, I agree. So like a Tesla owner uh, is a rich person, right? Obviously. And it makes it's it is fair to tax this is mm-hmm. this might sound controversial, but I, in my opinion, opinion, it's fair to tax rich people more, and it's not fair for them to you know be exempted from road tax, for example. And you saying that you no know, Malaysia doesn't really care about emissions and all these things yet as of now, but why do they incentivize like EV cars and do they do they um yeah EVs EVs now pay zero road tax. Oh this yeah, last they time tax it was based, based on, on how power, many kilowatt, which was right? also uh, a stupid system. Yeah, it's stupid. It doesn't doesn't matter how many kilowatts. Yeah. Okay, fine. You're not polluting, but I guess how the higher horsepower, then it will be worth more, and then you can tax more, I guess in that sense, it makes sense. But I think in your massive equation, I think that is the best way to tax. Uh, if you want to be fair, lah. Yes, in an ideal scenario where. You tax base. Mm, mm, you're, you're taxing correct. those so, who can afford yeah, it. Yeah, I think having like more fact, considering more factors would make a more comprehensive taxation system, lah. Like, and it it doesn't allow for loopholes, uh, for people like you to take advantage of. <laughs> but I would want to see. Yes, true. I would want to see taxation also based on usage, as in. Yes. I still think that although this will hurt me, we should still tax either fuel or charging or somehow where... Okay, maybe charging, no, because if we get it from renewable sources, it's okay. But as much Mm. as I would hate to see the fuel price go above Mm. what it is now in Malaysia, Uh, which is very, very sweet, I can see rationally for there to be an argument to be made for okay. fuel to um, be so taxed. you to tax the fuel that is um the aim is to tax people who use the road more like who use their vehicle more 
do you think there's an alternative way to find out yes. the frequency yes. or how, how much the car is used over a period other than taxing fuel? I think fuel is the best because mm. we don't have, have any annual inspection system. where we can check mileage and everything. So those who use the fuel, yeah, yeah, and yeah. even then okay. it'll be easy to gain. I can just roll back the mileage. So taxing mm. fuel is the most because if you don't uh, use the fuel, then well, I'm not you don't an economist, drive. but could there be a <laughs> could there be a case where you lower I the price mind. of the fuel? Um, but you gain more revenue from taxing people who use it. How how uh -huh. do I put it in this? Oh no, it doesn't make sense. And then you tax, then it will come back to the same amount. Yeah, how do you lower the price and then tax cut more it out, people? Cut it out. But yeah, we just I won't, I'll leave it in. But anyway, here is the other interesting question that might probably benefit me. Should we tax classic cars? Like cars older than 30 years old. Should the tax be lower or mm. higher than a brand new car? Or to put it more broadly, I guess, mm. should the yeah. tax on the car, if we are doing it based on the value system, your tax on the car should go down every yeah. successive year you own because the value of the car decreases. But should we tax classic cars based on the same value system? Or should we exempt them from road mm. tax? Or should we have a well, flat tax? Or... Well, what is your you start opinion? Off classic cars um, obviously have a range of values. Like you have classic cars that are absolutely worthless, and classic cars that are very sought after and hence very valuable. Am I right? Yes. Okay. So then, if you were to tax based on the value of a car, you follow the same system which you said earlier, lah. A very sought after classic car would be taxed a lot while a less sought after one will obviously be taxed less because it's cheaper. I think that that shouldn't be the case. Obviously, you can still have the taxation system where it's based on value, but I think it can't be the same as new cars or non-classic cars lah, to say. So I think they should have their own category for classic cars itself because you're not meant to daily drive classic cars, am I right? So it doesn't make sense to, you know, tax classic yes. cars the same way as you tax like normal cars on the basis that it's just not used as much as a daily driver or a normal car. La. Do you think that's fair? I kind of agree with your point because mm. in, initially my thought was that taxation on classic cars should be based on value. But then I was thinking that if I buy a Countach and bring it over to Malaysia, I'm not going to drive it a lot. I'm possibly going to drive it what mm. once yeah. every... Two, three months <laughs> yeah. in my dream scenario. So I don't think I should be paying for... <laughs> Go ahead. This is sounding really hypocritical, I realize. But I don't think I should be paying that amount of money, that big chunk of money based on the value yes. of the car. Yeah. If I, it, I it's basically fair. a museum piece. Uh... But then again, it goes back mm. to the fact that if I can afford such a car in the first place, I should have enough money but that is on the to pay for the taxation of it. The government want to tax the rich. La. Yes. Okay. Uh, Which both of us think I, it's Let me suggest fair. a compromise. Um, you still tax the Kuntash. Um, okay, so let's give two examples of a classic car. On the high end, you have a Kuntash. Now give me an example for a low-end car. I think of a really cheap low-end car with a big engine. Oh, the Lexus, the LS400. 
Okay. Both are classics. Um, well, obviously, one is the Countach is worth way more than the Lexus, and hence it should be taxed more. But it shouldn't. Uh-huh. Okay, how much is a Countach? Like one million? Ringgit easily. Okay, let's just say one million lah. Okay, for uh-huh. argument's sake. I don't think that it should be taxed um the same as like a new brand new Porsche 911, which is about one million or so. Okay. Instead, it it should be in its own category, which is within the classic cars. Still taxing the Countach more, but um taxing the, the LS 400 less. So we're still based on the value. Mm, based on the value, but it's less than what you would pay for a new car of a similar value. Does that make okay, sense? Okay, so so let's say if we have a sliding scale on value, and let's say for what the one million ringgit bracket, mm. it is let's say twenty thousand a year for a mm. nine eleven. I know that sounds nine eleven brand new. Yeah, brand new. Yes. out of the showroom, twenty thousand mm. ringgit. Mm. So the Kuntash, we will charge maybe ten thousand a year. These are rough mm. numbers. So, rough numbers, yeah. like Just an idea to explain our concept. So yes. it's like half whatever you're paying for a classic car, you pay half. Something of, like that. Yeah. Based on the value, lah. Mm. Uh, I think that is fair, lah, because ultimately, like classic cars are low key made for show, right? You're not really gonna drive them that yes. often, and to call it a road tax, where you know you're taxing someone for like using the car it doesn't make sense to tax as uh, as much as a daily driver la, i would say and what do you think of modifications done to classic cars because in malaysia we do have a classic car road tax but it's mm, quite strict okay. in regards to what can be done to the car by which i mean it should be mainly stock so if you're saying if it's not stock then you can't drive it uh no let me say you're paying the regular road tax or Oh, okay, okay, okay. So I, I can't resto mod my LS400, how about that? I think it's also kind of fair in that sense because what makes a classic car a classic is um what makes up the car itself. What You can't be like resto modding a classic car, putting an EV powertrain inside, resto modding the interior and making everything nice and daily drivable and still have it considered a classic What? Although it is a classic, you know, but as a functional piece of car, you can't really say that it's a classic anymore. Once again, you're talking sense. But I disagree <laughs> with that because I like a resto mod. Yeah, yeah. I cannot explain my disagreement, but mm. the only thing I can say is that I like a resto mod and I'm like, shit, I'm now having to pay more in our hypothetical scenario. Yes, yes. Uh, I think that is fair. Uh, okay, just to, just to poke you, you a bit more, dreams. to what extent do you think that a resto mod will not classify as a classic car anymore? Mm. So, is this, you're asking in terms of like the road taxation system or like just in general? In the eyes of the law, in the, eye of, in the eyes of oh, the tax In the eyes man. of the law, okay. Yes. So, we, we said that classic cars should be taxed less on the basis mm-hmm. that it is not used as frequently as a normal car, right? Mm-hmm. So I would say that whatever modifications made to the classic car shouldn't be the type of modifications that increase the drivability of the car. So we're talking about um, like the mechanical parts la, and also like 
things like comfort as well. So like, okay, this is going to sound really stupid, but if a car doesn't have an AC and you put an AC inside, therefore making it more daily drivable, then it should not be allowed. Does that make sense? It does. You make a lot of sense, but you're ruining my dreams. <laughs> That's what I'm here for. I know. I was like, hmm, how much can I get away with? Once you said mechanical modifications, like, okay, there goes my HP auto. And now you're even mentioning aircon. I was like, oh my. <laughs> the government should hire me, man. I know. <laughs> I can be the tax man. You're basically ruining all my classic car dreams. <laughs> uh, no, but trust, I'm, on, I'm with you on this one, but I'm just trying to be impartial here. I know. Thinking at it from the perspective of the taxation system. Because the only reason why I want to be Minister of Transport is to reform this road tax system to suit me better. <laughs> that, that, that was my uh, only political ambition. Well, when you're a politician at that level, you wouldn't even need to worry about these little costs anymore okay nah man this is this is this is righteous justice here and forget you were, you were the pool and all those it's okay <laughs> i just need one term and then after after your your term is done someone's going to replace all the things that you've changed i, I need to put in the constitution back. well you need, need two-thirds majority yeah <laughs> Oh, this, this so podcast many, is more are, about politics. There are so many things I could say now that is so political that will probably yeah. I'll probably self-censor myself. Yeah, let's not make this um even more political than it already yes. is. So anyway, we, yeah. Where are we now? <laughs> I don't know where we are. Um, I think we pretty much um have a conclusion, lah. Won't you say so? Okay. About, um, taxation system and um, also got to do with how you tax classic cars. Obviously, that's your way, which is what suits you, and mm-hmm. there's my way, which is I think is a fair fairer way la, for the general population. Okay, um, so just to sum up from yeah. our probably hour long ramble, mm. we think that to reform the Malaysian road tax system, if we were going for one single metric will go for value, insured yes. value. Yes. Yeah. But so because the... if you're talking about a single metric, then it's like easy, lah, you know. It's mm. one thing that does all uh, to replace the engine CC uh, metric. Yeah. Whereas, um, well, if you have got a little more budget on your side and you want to get your hands dirty, then you can definitely... Uh, consider taxing based on the various characteristics of the car with characteristics that are good for the country being taxed less and obviously characteristics that are bad being taxed more. And the idea is to consider all of these characteristics and factors to in an equation to give a magic number on how much your car should be taxed. And having considered all the characteristics it should probably be the fairest way of taxing a vehicle. And because we are not people, we are not experts on this field, we cannot recommend the factors of taxation. But we do recommend that even though I don't like it, we include emissions. Mm. And of course, there will be weight, engine characteristics, seating capacity maybe. Mm. 
in any way you can um classify a car or describe a car. Yes. Fuel type. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Value. Yeah. Mm. So that will be the best way we can come up with changing our road yeah. tax system. Yes. Yes. In terms of classic cars, we also agree that value may be the best idea. Mm. But we should maybe have it on a different percentage scale of taxation. Yeah. Whereby the classic car gets taxed less overall compared to non-classic cars. Yes. And we have not yet defined the term classic yet, but 30 years old is a good cutoff. Mm. Mm. Yeah. 30, 30 no, year... actually, no, 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 no. So 30 years ago was 1992. That Man. wasn't that long ago. I was trying to sneak this past you as well. <laughs> I would say 80s, la, 1980s. Uh, oh, God, you're ruining the Japanese 90s dream. <laughs> if we're truly talking about classics, I think it should be at least the 80s. La. Let's because give me a moment. Let could... me see what car is out in 1982. Yeah, because technically, you can still daily drive a 1992 car fairly comfortably, I would say. Yes, 1982 yeah. is Ferrari 308. You can get a 930. Yeah, it's going to be hard 924. to I can survive with a 924. Daily drive. Mark 1, GTI. That again, it's going to be very difficult to survive. Ferrari I mean, 400i, Audi UR Quattro. No, no it's, it's just turned into me looking at classifieds again. Oh, it's the Mercedes 123, 1982. Yep, you can't daily drive that. Mm-hmm. Oh, you can get a 280 SL, the R107. You can get a DeLorean. Okay, Why don't you name me a car that can be daily drivable? I'm trying. I'm trying. I'm. I'm still looking through. I'm looking through car and classic. 1982. Uh, C3 Corvette. Nope. It's gonna be difficult. Uh, Alfa Romeo GTV6. Mercedes 500 SE. It's the 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 big boxy one. Okay, that that might be one of the only cars. One of the few cars that you can daily drive. Ferrari 308. No, I'm, I've, I've just gone through five pages and there's nothing really exciting. That's when you know um, that it's a, this is a fair way of taxing classic cars. There's even 1982. What, what, what Japanese cars are there? What's the most technologically advanced in 1982? Because the 80s, the early That's... 80s isn't that long ago, I think. Uh, GTR? The Skyline? Nope. R30. Nope. Two? Nope. Huh. Yeah. Back to Googling. Wait, I would cut all this out. Nissan GTR R32. 1989. Uh, see, if it's a 1992, I can have one. Oh, wow. Well, wait 10 years. Yeah, actually, that's not too bad. I, I could still wait 10 years to get one. Mm. Well, this is based on like the imaginated. Yes. Hypothetical taxation system that we came up with. A hypothetical taxation system for my hypothetical garage. <laughs> in my hypothetical future. <laughs> uh, should, should we wrap it up? Yeah, I think we should wrap it up. I should go back to Kai and Classic and see what else is on sale. We were wrapping okay. it up just now, but... Um... <laughs> we, can't, we can't start our podcast and we can't end our podcast. That is so us. Oh well, we'll 
see how this comes out in the edit and mm. we'll talk to each other again someday. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Ciao, man. Wait, I, wait, wait. I need to stop it. Yes. <laughs>